Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Motivational Monday on Justin the Food Entrepreneur's podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O in case anyone wants to look me up on Instagram or Facebook or any of those things. Um, we're back again. I have Deborah Micus, my amazing co-host and significant <laughs> other. Again, I'm pretty much the luckiest man alive, so there's that. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. So, Deborah, how are you doing today? I'm good. How could I not be amazing after all that intro? <laughs> well, you're going to keep getting them. <laughs> I know. You, you love doing it. It a little bit embarrasses me, but it's also very sweet, and I appreciate it. Well, I'm a very firm believer, especially with the people that I'm close to or the people I work with, that you want to help them live to their full potential in their life, and confidence is a part of it. And um, I'm honest in things that I say, I mean them, but a lot of people think things and never actually say them outwardly. And I think as a leader, you need to be open and honest with the people around you. What do you think? I a hundred percent agree. I actually read a book one time and I think I can't remember what it was called, but anyway, in the book, it was about native Americans and I thought it was super cool. One of the things they talked about is how, when someone leaves the tribe to do whatever it is they're doing, uh, they don't say goodbye. They didn't say goodbye. And I, and the reason they didn't say goodbye is because every time they left any conversation, they had already said everything. So there was no purpose to circle back around and say goodbye. And I was like, that's a pretty cool way to live, right? Where everyone really knows where, how you feel about them and you don't ever have to worry about some tragic something happening because you didn't have that moment with someone because the last one you had with them was the moment. So that's cool. No. And I agree with that. And that really brings me to something that I firmly believe in to my core is leading with love. And we talk about it a lot, you and I, and in our lives and, and with, uh, Deborah's daughters and with our families and with our, the people we work with is how do we lead with love? I mean, so you've touched upon it and, <laughs> and I will talk about it, but I want to give it over to you first because you started the conversation. I mean, what really is it for you? Um, leadership number one, but leadership through love. Hmm. Um, I mean, for me, I can only speak from my perspective. Uh, but I would say for me, I mean, truly, I, I, I'm not a mean person. There's not really any bad thoughts that go through my head. <laughs> That's not how I'm wired. And uh, so leading through love for me is more just about being really authentic. It's about, you know, a lot of times you can have an opinion about something and your delivery is everything. You know, my sister-in-law one time said, you can say anything, but really you can say anything to anyone. It's all 100% in how you deliver the message. And I think that's so true, right? Like you can give someone some hard news or some tough advice or whatever, but if it's done with love, it's okay. It doesn't hurt feelings. It doesn't drive wedges. It doesn't disintegrate what you're trying to build. It doesn't whatever. So I think that's really what leading through love is about. It's, it's not about not being genuine. It's 100% about genuine and whatnot, but doing it really with like a caring part. It's a kind of seeing 360 on things too. It's not just, Hey, this is my opinion, but also maybe understanding how that person might receive that news or how that might make them feel or that they maybe need help once they, once you tell them what you need to tell them, offering that up, whatever it is, like really kind of coming around at a 360, not just blowing your info information at them and leaving them to deal with it. You know, 
Well, and I think that's exactly it. I think we've come up in a world or in a society, particularly in the United States, is that leadership needed to be hard. Right. That needed to be emotionless, that it needed to be driven and, and inspiration based. But I think there is leading through actions for sure and, and leading by example 100%. But I think that that's misconstrued in that it's all, if you lead with your heart in all of those things and you care about the people around you first, I mean, we've, we've come up in a world where it's like take care of yourself first before you can take care of someone else. I agree with that on a mental stability standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint, I think if you're leading people, you have to be the first to put yourself in danger to protect them and then they will follow. I think that's something we talked about on the last podcast as the military, but in that danger, I'm not talking only war bullets being shot at your head. I'm talking about emotional danger, which is vulnerability. Right. And even remember, like, I just feel like so many of the things too, it's like that ultimate taking extreme ownership. It's one of the books Justin uh, had us all read as part of this leadership program and really kind of owning it. And even though you have people maybe who are, you know, you lead and who are on your team and whatnot, even if they mess up, it's like when it comes to the client or when it comes to whatever that confrontation is, taking that ownership because maybe you didn't give the skills to the person below you that they needed to have to succeed or maybe, you know, but owning your part in that. And so I think that's kind of what you're talking about. I agree. No, and it is. And the human connection, I think, like in my opinion, you know, this is how I feel and how I feel about the people around me. I would 10 times over, 100 times over, And I'll love you even more if you come to me with when you've made a mistake and because I don't want you to be perfect. There's nothing great about perfection. It's just one, it's not possible. So let's just scratch it. (laughs) Right. Not attainable. Mistakes are something that are going to happen and we're going to fall and every human has their ups and downs and the human spirit to conquer those mistakes is what really is leadership or the desire to do better is what makes us humans. Right. You know, you used to hear how the greatest generation of World War II wanted a better life for their kids than they have for themselves. I generally think everyone wants that, but I don't think we look at it the same way anymore, which is how much work do we have to put in? What kind of examples are we setting? And believe it or not, the person we are, you know, as I am as a role model to Deborah's daughters, as my stepdaughters, you know, I hope that I'm setting an example of a way a man should treat them in their life. And Deborah's setting an example of what it's like to be a woman, you know, an entrepreneur who, who has her own life also amongst our relationship. Because I think there's independence and dependence in a relationship. And I think it's important. So I think there's leadership from a business level. I think there's leadership in your personal and family life. I think there's leadership in your friend life. There's leadership in the world around you who you don't know anyone, which I'll call leadership in your community. And that doesn't mean I got to go volunteer for a nonprofit. It means it goes back to the last episode, which we just talked about. If there is someone in need, why are we scared to help? You know, and I will give you an example of this. I was in Costco the other day and I felt really bad for this woman. Um, she had, I can never say this word, Alzheimer's and, um, she was lost. She forgot what she was doing. She knew she was with her family. She can't remember what she was going for. She was lost. And this man who was giving away samples just took 
so much time and so much patience because she was getting angry and she was getting upset. And instead of getting frustrated with her, he dumbed it down to the most basic human level. And I want to talk about this also, actually, because this is a very broad topic now that I just opened that box, is that... You know, he could have not said anything. Oh, this is my job. It's nine to five. This isn't part of my job. I don't need to help anyone. Right. But it wasn't only that he wanted to help people from a customer service standpoint at Costco and be an amazing boy. He actually had a basic human level of helping people. Right. And I would say that that's the greatest asset of a human in any job is the basic wanting to help people. And it's really the basic foundation to any leadership position that you'll ever have in your life or the willingness to grow into a leadership is if you want to do it for money and you want to lead people because it makes you feel good, you're not going to be a good leader. If you lead people because you generally want to help them and make their lives better and, and help their families and them and help your own family. And it's a selfless because leadership is selfless in my opinion it's a lot of sacrificing what you want for everyone else right i mean i think the thing you just mentioned about the gentleman at costco is really i think it's a beautiful trait and it's something that all of us if we could carry it into every interaction is we're dealing with another human being and they have feelings and they have independent thoughts and they have stresses and they have all sorts of things in their life. And so when you meet them, um, as much as you're coming to them from your perspective, your needs, your wants, your whatever, your outlook, your whatever you're trying, the reason you're, uh, you know, spending time with them, it's understanding too that they're coming in with their own set Right. And I think if we can see each other as humans with our own stuff, one, we will have a depth that is hard to get to because a lot of people won't go there. A lot of people don't really want to let down those walls and be close and be vulnerable and all of that. You know, you mentioned also earlier about someone and when they make a mistake and them owning it. I think there's lots to that. That's really key. One is, is if someone comes to you and they tell you, Oh my God, I totally messed up. Um, one, you know, it's funny, people are afraid to do it, but when they do it, one of the biggest things that happen is their level of trust, your trust in them gains exponential because all of a sudden this person who is able to acknowledge their faults, all of a sudden just put their cards on the table and was like, Hey, I screwed up. I mean, you now know you can pretty much trust them. They're going to tell you even when they mess stuff up. I mean, that's a huge thing. So, um, I really liked when you brought that up. It's an oxymoron though, right? right? They made a mistake and you trust them more because they admitted it. Yeah. Because I mean, like you said, no one's perfect. Everyone is going to screw up. That's just how that's going to go down. And so it's, it's not in the messing it up. That's the problem. It's, you know, the problem is, is if you cover it up, the problem is if you don't try to right the wrong, the problem, you know, that's where the problems reside, but in acknowledging it, in coming to someone for help, because maybe it's over your head or they need to know or whatever it is, that's where real solutions, we're real growth real relationships, real, you know, all of that transpires. So that's really key. But, you know, when you brought that up, I really wanted to hone in on that a little bit. And I agree. And, and don't get me wrong. I think, I think that's the way life should be. And there are a few people I've run into them in my life. When you make a mistake or they're your business partner, you made a mistake 
they will t- they will take advantage of it and try to take a company from you or take advantage of you. So right. it's not that there isn't a reason people aren't fearful because at some point in their life they said I made a mistake and they got disciplined for it too hard versus the celebration of the vulnerability. Right. Or in a business relationship, if someone says that to you, it's not shouldn't be something that's mistrusted in the business partnership. It should be something that gains trust. And that's usually not with the person that admitted it. When I've admitted the mistake, it's with the person, you know, wanting more control or getting greedy or using it as an excuse to get more. And those leaders aren't going to last very long. People generally don't like them. Their companies don't do very well. They struggle almost their entire life in my experience. And I've never seen true success for them. And I don't mean just monetarily or success with their business. I mean, in their lives. And most importantly, I mean, respect from the people that they lead and make a difference in their lives. If they go about it in such a selfish way, right. It doesn't really go anywhere. You know, I think this is a really interesting topic too, because, um, you know, one of the things we've been talking a lot about in terms of leadership and whatnot is surrounding yourself with the right people, right? Like people who can kind of push you to be the best you people who have similar, you know, ethical, moral, um, goals in life that they want to attain or that they maybe already have people who drive you to be the best you. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here, whether you're in a workplace or out in the world or with your family, whatnot, right? Like you want to have to surround yourself with people who are going to help you achieve your goals or who maybe are an aspiration to you that you're like, look at what they're doing. And it makes you know that if, you know, if, if someone's doing it, you too can do it. And I think that speaks a lot to it. And we have leaders in life that sometimes we have to work for them or whatnot. And that can be difficult because not everyone is like that. But if you're in that situation, that's where you really have to kind of take a look at your life and be like, is this the person who's going to help me become the most I want to be? And if they're not that person, you really want to surround yourself with that type of person who's like you, who's going to help you get where you want to go in life. And I, and I, we talk about it on some of the other motivational Mondays, which is really a mistake is an AFCO. It's another fucking growing opportunity. <laughs> right. And if you look at it that way and I, and, and the, the F words in there because they happen a lot, you know, it's not something that needs to be in there. It could be just another growing opportunity, but that would just be a go. So it doesn't <laughs> quite have the difference. So you need something in there, but it is because it can be frustrating. But when you look at it, okay, here's another time I have to do it, you know, and it can be frustrating, but I got to go do this and it's hard and it's the path you don't want to take to admit that mistake, but it's the right one. Right. And, and so the effing is because it, I have to do it. It's going to suck, but I got to go freaking do this. Right. And, you know, talking too about the surrounding yourself with with the right people and whatnot, it's contagious, right? It sets kind of a tone. And the hard part about having people in your circle, in your whatever, who maybe have a negative or who can be aggressive or who tear things down versus building them up is it's pervasive. It like penetrates through the whole system that you're involved in. And it's very, very destructive. But I mean, just in the last day, I mean, yesterday, Justin and I were at Chick-fil-A and at Starbucks. And in both of them, we both turned to each other and like, 
we could not believe how diligent and hard the employees were working. I mean, they were like scouring things down. I mean, they were like a well-oiled machine. They were moving so quickly, smiles on their faces, and it was systemic in their surroundings. And it was interesting because, I mean, I've, I was truly blown away that I was just like, Oh my God, you like, I would love to have employees like that because they cared so much. They were working so hard. They were enjoying it. They were making it not just pleasant for each other, but even as a customer being there, it was, it made a really nice vibe. And I would say you and I have been to Chick-fil-A's and Starbucks all over the country. It's something we do because <laughs> it's easy. The food's healthy. We can get our salads and our grilled chicken and our... Right cold brew coffees and our egg bites, which Deborah now loves. So fan, big fan. It's, um, but those companies generally train their employees well, but I would, I will say amongst all of that, I mean, they're a high level. I would say they're a great level of leadership and management. The stores are always clean. The employees always care. But here in Milledgeville, the Starbucks and the Chick-fil-A for some reason are a level above that. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. I mean, enough where I notice it, where I'm like an impact. So Starbucks and Chick-fil-A, beware. We're going to try to steal your employees <laughs> here in Milledgeville. But seriously, it's... It was impressive. It was highly impressive. Enough that we stopped to be like, are, are you looking at this? And we both were like, kind of looking at each other a little bit in awe. And not that we don't get great service. I mean, Georgia, I mean, there's a lot of... Um, Southern hospitality and, you know, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You know, there's a lot of that everywhere you go. And it's very, I don't know, it's very homey here for sure. But what we were witnessing in those two particular incidents, it was, it was not, it was unique. It was not the ordinary walking into a place and whatever those managers are doing there, uh, they really have set an amazing tone. They've hired the right people, the people who are like them, who are mimicking their behaviors. And you know that the guy at the top is also probably that can-do kind of guy. And anyway, I, I was blown away. I don't no, know what I'm more to say. I'm blown away too. I agree with you. <laughs> I want I, You keep going because I'm, a little bit brings me, I was going to take this podcast in a different direction. We'll yeah. have to record again another okay. one, but not right this second, but at some point, because I was going to go in the whole leadership battalion thing that we do, the Centurion right. Leadership Battalion, but I'm not, we, we haven't gone there because I want to really ask you based on what you just said is if you had to be led, what would you want in a leader? Uh, well, what, what I appreciate is I like a clear mission uh, because I, I think I am very entrepreneurial. It's the way my mind works. And I don't always think about filling in the blank. I'm the person who wants to write the paper and figure out how to do it all. So for me, I want a clear vision. If I have a clear vision of like, this is our goal, this is what we're trying to do. To me, that really resonates with me. That really gives me direction so that I can try to figure out how to do that for the company. So to me, that's huge. And uh, it's something that, I mean, right now we're, we have multiple entities that we have under us that are different groups to help us bring about this project that we're doing in Milledgeville. 
And for me, I just feel like the best we can do for the people in those groups, whether whatever our role in them is, is to have clearly defined objectives. If it's, you know, a regulatory compliance group, then we need to be like, okay, we need to get stuff going for the USDA. We need to, you know, we need to identify specific broad goals so that everyone can then kind of go, okay, I'm going to take this part on. I'm going to take this part on. But I feel like as a, the best thing that I look for in a leader is that true, uh, mission because that puts everyone in the same direction. And then you can always speak to it. If someone's doing something and you're like, that's really cool what you're doing. It's not quite where our mission's going, but maybe we can adopt that in a different way or, you know, maybe we need to redirect or whatever. But I feel like that commonality of where we're going is, you know, especially the higher up you go, the broader it needs to be. But that to me is key. I I agree with you again, 100%. (laughs) And I think that people don't know where they're going and sometimes it doesn't have to be specific, you know, and you don't have to share everything down the food chain. They don't need to know exactly why you're doing it or what the purpose is, but they need to know the direction they're going. Right. And I would say too, Justin, that it doesn't need to be shared all the way up the chain either. Right. So the guy who's like executing down to the detail doesn't need to take it all the way back up the chain. The guy at the top doesn't need to know every intricate little detail, but there are steps along the way. And those intricacies, it depends how many layers you have within your organization. Yeah, I agree with that. I think if information is important in your position, leadership, not, not leadership, whatever, collecting that information in a way that you're still productive is important. And then that way you're giving a standard so you can rise up. We talked right. about moving up the ladder that you can rise up into a new position, but set a standard and a system for the next leader to come in so they can get started right. in the, the leadership of that position even better. Because I do think information is important and not all information has to be shared across the entire company or up and down the leadership chain. But I do think it's important that people get things up and down and, and information's passed along so decisions can be made. Cause we don't always know why the person's making the decision below us or why the person's making the decision above us. But it's our duty to give information in both directions so right. they can make the decision with as much information as possible because each one of us play an important part. Oh, for sure. And I think with that, um, another attribute would be to empower people. I feel like leaders who empower their employees, it's really, really key. I think that's one of um, the things that really exists in our organization is we empower people to do their job. And we, we leave it somewhat loose, like they have a mission and it's kind of up to them to figure out how to do it. It's um, an environment I thrive in. It's something I really enjoy because I have that entrepreneurial spirit. I don't know that that's for everyone. Um, some people literally like to be told kind of like, hey, these are your your tasks and they need it to be that way. Um, but for me, cause you made it personal, I feel like in terms of leadership, that's another attribute that's really helpful is to be empowered. It's something I like to do to other people too. I want them to feel trusted. I want them to really kind of enact their brain. And the reality is, is if someone were to, if I were to go to someone in our company, let's say, and really boil it down to tasks from where I sit, 
I don't have enough hands-on experience to give them those tasks. And I want to empower them because chances are they're going to come up with a better something because they do what they're doing every day. And they're going to be more resourceful or maybe more unique in their, in their more innovative than I could be. And so that empowerment is a really key thing. I agree with you. And I think not only empowerment, but I want to go also full circle back to what we're talking about, which is communicating up and down the chain and information. And Deborah and I have been spending a lot of time in our Roanoke, Virginia facility um, that's led there by Mark Heiner. I will give him a shout out and the team there, Rob, <laughs> Andy, Clarence, Kareen, all of you guys. But one of the things is, is and I Jay. and Jay, of <laughs> course, but Jay's corporate. So right. I'll, we'll give Jay a little shout out as well. But one of the things that happens there, and I have no idea, this information, I have no clue, but I will tell you every time we come there, that place is spotless. Yeah, they kill it. They kill it. Every employee keeps their station clean. Everyone's very organized. There is a culture there that I have no idea that has been instilled in those employees that that is the way they handle everything. Everything's very clean. Everything's tidy. Stations don't dump into one another. They respect food codes and and making sure there's no cross-contamination and making sure they're up to the regulatory compliance. There is a well-oiled machine there when it comes to that. Right. And I have no idea how it's done. They just do it. And so that's one of the information. I don't need to know how it's done, but I will give, I know enough about it. I have enough information to say, I got to give you praise because you're leading well. You're leading your team down there well. Your leaders within your team are leading their team members well. And while they're managing things every day, they're also leading because to get people to care enough to pick up a piece of trash when they see it on the ground or moving back and forth and not only pick up the piece of trash, know they've got to take off their gloves, right. put on a new pair of gloves and go back to their station. So it's not like it's the path of least resistance. These employees are going after a path that's hard they've got to pick it may not be their trash but they're taking responsibility from it uh taking responsibility with it right and taking ownership of it right and i think one of the other things they're doing incredibly well too is they really identify what every morning they meet up with their their staff and they outline they get them going on what their day is and everyone really knows exactly what it is they need to get accomplished in that day and again it's that common mission right it's knowing what needs to be done it's maybe if you finish your part first one of those employees that maybe they can go see if someone else needs help finishing theirs and I think the team in Roanoke, not only the management team, but also all of the employees there, I mean, they've really got them humming and, you know, we've gone there to help get the production out for something that was a last minute order and they all were able to shuffle and do each other's jobs. And it was impressive for sure. They're doing a great job for sure. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. And this is not tuning our own horn, but I think as leaders, we have to be willing to go into the trenches also. And we talked about leading from the front. And sometimes that means going in and being a part of what they're doing when you have to. And it's something that I think we need to do more of as an organization, as managers. We actually need to take the time and go into production every once in a while and be side by side with those employees because it it gives you respect for them. It, it helps you understand. It forms a bond with them. Right. But it also is you get to see them day in and day out. And when life is all about profit and efficiency in corporations, you're actually like, Hey, there's the profit and efficiencies are in 
how about it's in how we develop us as human beings? How about it's about having an open heart instead of right. an open door? How about it's, you know, I, and I got to be careful because we live in this world where everyone's <laughs> so sensitive about things. But I truly believe in giving hugs. It's important. Right. I think we need to love and care for the people around us. And, you know, it gets a little awkward sometimes because it's not something we're used to. We don't show love openly as we right. should towards the people around us and let them know they're appreciated and loved. And, and that's my honest truth. You know, there wouldn't right. be food on our table or a roof over our head or money for the, the kids and Deborah's stepdaughters and for us to provide for them or get Zoe a car if we didn't have all those employees right. and people in our life dedicating themselves every day to come into work and do that. And it's one of the things that I think is so important is that they don't realize the impact they have. Why? Because no one tells them how important they are. Well, you're like, good. You go in, you, you, you have meetings with them. And I think that that definitely helps. And, uh, you know, one of the things I have to say is one of my takeaways when we've gone in and worked on the kitchen floor is I really like getting to go in there and let them lead us, you know, because I think one, it makes it so we're approachable because when we travel in and out, we're not just a face that's there every day. So I think it makes us approachable. It also, you know, it gives us an opportunity to let them be the star of the show because really they are like, you're sitting here saying that so much of the work that they're doing is what makes the whole thing go around, right? Like they're all the cogs in the wheel, making it all go together. And, uh, and I think it's really great when we get to go in there and we get to let them lead us. And whether it's through finding a new process or whether it's them directing us on how this, how to recalibrate the scale or whatever it is, you know, it's their turf and they get to be the leader. And, you know, I'm always happy to go and, you know, be jump in and be their employee for the day and let them show me the ropes. Well, and I think it's important what you just said. You can't lead unless you're willing to be led. Right. And at some point you, we, we talk about empowering people. You need to empower these people to lead even you, because I don't know every, everything about production. I know very little. My They know my staff, way more than us. They know way <laughs> yeah. more than us. They do it every day. So for, sure. for me to go in there and try to tell them how to do their job, that would be the stupidest thing I could do because I don't know. I don't right. know anything about it. All I can do is lead. And then when it's time to be led, let them lead us. And maybe something comes out of it or we make a suggestion or whatever, being in a leadership position. But letting them experience leadership and start to lead also starts them knowing that they can trust to pass on information up the chain. Right. Because a lot of people don't, we talk about mistakes, they're afraid what's going to happen to them. They're right. afraid to admit it. They're afraid to say, I got something going on at home. I can't make it in the work. It's just a call and sick. Like we've created this whole thing where that's a bad thing. And I think people should work. And the bad thing is actually by the people who take advantage of it, not the people that actually deserve it. So when someone ruins something, it often ruins it for the people that are doing it the correct way. Right. But I think if you lead and we encourage them to have that relationship, be honest with their leadership, let them lead us. It encourages that open heart. It encourages communication all the way around. And, you know, it communicates a bond. I mean, the relationship starts to open up. I think the other day in the kitchen, we were talking about Seinfeld with the employees. I mean, (laughs) you start to get to know each other because the walls of vulnerability are now down. You're trusted 
both ways. Well, and it's been interesting too, the more that we have been participating at that level, just the ideas that are coming out of the kitchen, the ingenuity that's coming out and whether it's how to, you know, adapt the kettle to work a certain way or whether it's different ingredient, different ideas in terms of, uh, actual products to produce or, you know, there's been a lot of resourcefulness that has kind of been kind of bubbling to the surface. And I really think a lot of that has to do with this, uh, new program that we're doing, this leadership program. And I think people are really kind of getting into it. It's letting them know that like, this is safe. We're all in it together. It's giving us common language. It's, there's been a lot of really positives coming from it. So that's kudos to you, Justin. You started oh, that. Thank you. But I, I want everyone to grow. And well, I sure. can't grow if the people around me don't grow. So there's selfishness within <laughs> the selflessness. Right. But, but that's for um, everyone, right? Yeah. Like that's that's to it's a mutual benefit thing. It's yeah. it's not just for you, it's for everyone. And while, you know, maybe there are benefits to you, the same is true for them. They need you to grow in order for them to grow. And so and all of us, it's a... Uh, one hand washes the other scenario. Yeah, and I think I'm a little bit of a late bloomer when it came to this, but there was an aha moment for me, you know, years ago, which is, um, you know, all the education, all the time, all the time in building businesses, all the entrepreneurship, is that if I, if I really want to leave the world a better place and I really want to create jobs and I really want to change people's lives... I have to be willing to to take the action myself to change their lives. And I have to have an open heart to do it in that it doesn't matter if they work for us forever. If they take the skills that they gain and their willingness to give and lead and go do something else, they're right. going to make a difference in other people's lives. Oh, for sure. And it starts like, and I don't think it needs to be a worldwide goal. I don't need to be recognized around the world. I don't need to be recognized, period. All I need to do is make a difference in one person at a time. And through that one difference, they can go make a difference at one person at a time. You know, it's not sure. a blanket statement. I think a lot in today's world, we try to make a solution for everyone versus relationships are built one-on-one -on -one and change is built within those one-on-one -on -one relationships. And why we have 20 people in this Saturn leadership battalion in our company, it's still now just at the raw stages where we're still, we've worked with each other for years, right? but we still need to build those relationships and trust with one another because we just haven't taken the time to do it as leaders to really bond, come up with common culture and all that. And I think we're a great run company. Don't get me wrong, but I think we could always do better. I think it's always progress over perfection, but we always want to be progressing. And I think to grow as a company, right? we need to lead and build those relationships. And like I said, if they go somewhere else and take their skills from the leadership battalion, that's great. I, you know, I don't, that's right. makes a huge difference for me. Well, right. Employment's a two way street. And, you know, we've talked about this on previous episodes and one of the gentlemen that you inter interviewed one time, he was talking about when he when he's in the hiring process, he asks people, or even as the, once they've been employed, like, what do you want to learn here? He understands that they might not work there forever. Chances are they won't. And so what do they want to learn? Maybe their skills they want to take into their next 
you know, venture in life. And he wants them to be a two-way street, not just does he need them to do whatever task or whatever job or role, but also what he wants to know what they want to learn so that it can be a two-way street and it's really beneficial that way. And I thought that was a really, you know, it seems so obvious when you hear someone say it, but I don't know that that's really how most people think. I think most people go into a job and kind of are like, Oh, this is my job. This is what I do. And, um, you know, after hearing that, I have a daughter who's interviewing right now. She's about to graduate uh, from college. And I really was kind of imploring her to use some of those tactics. Like, hey, you're interviewing them too. And to not be afraid to say, hey, you know, what type of jobs does this grow into? What are natural progressions? What are, you know, trying to get an understanding of what that looks like. Because it's a two-way street. And and uh, I think if someone were ever put off by those types of questions that maybe isn't your right place to be, you know, cause it, it needs to be for you too. You're ever going to spend every day of your life there or five days a week there. You want to make sure that, you know, we only get one life and that it's serving you as well and not just the employer. And, and I think it's a two way street. I agree. Sure. I think the employee or the person working for the business has to be willing to put in 110% always. But I think that it's the business's responsibility to start putting 110% back in them. For sure. And training and leadership training and management training and life training. Like whatever that is, the support that needs to be there. Because I don't know. I don't think we do it enough as entrepreneurs and as business people or managers. I don't think we invest personally and emotionally in our employees enough. And it's kind of hard because people jump jobs like every two to three years right now, but maybe that would stop if we actually changed and took care of them. Maybe we would have less turnover, which is a huge cost to any business, the constant turnover. Oh, for sure. But but at the same time, you want people to grow, right? So there is a fine line. You don't want, you know, you don't want to invest more in them than they invest in you. So there is a balance. Well, not just that, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a fine line, right? It's like in one of the books we were reading about, it's, if you're too buddy, buddy, it's hard to lead. And if you're too stern, no one wants to follow. So it's a little bit finding that fine line. It's, it's being close enough that, they know that you're part of their team, not just they're part of yours, but that you're part of theirs. You got their back, that kind of thing, but not so much so that they are like, Oh, he's my buddy. I can take advantage of that. And I don't have to do whatever. Right. So it's finding the, that sweet spot. It's, it's the dichotomy that we were reading about. Well, and I agree with that. And I think naturally as human beings, we, if we're true to our heart, we're that way with our friends and our kids. Like we don't divulge every piece of information and we aren't buddies with our kids. We're mentors and leaders. And I think if you look at it the same way, that doesn't mean I'm going to treat them like a child, the people that work for us. That just means that I need to respect them in that way and help them grow and put them in positions to succeed but not get down in the dirty where there's useless information and too much buddy buddy going on where, um, you know, where there's friendship for per se and there's trust and there's the ability to be vulnerable and talk to each other, but it doesn't get to an extent where one person is taking advantage of the other. Right. Agreed. It's, it's really finding that sweet spot and, and, uh, and I, and with all relationships, right. 
I mean, you have a different relationship with me than your dad with, you know, your coworker than, you know, and even if you have coworkers who have the same job, even with each of those people, we're all individuals and it's finding that. So, I mean, that's where a lot of like common sense and all of that has to kind of come into play. And I don't know how much of that can be taught, but I think they're just the social nuances of that we all learn as we go through life and encounter different people. I agree with that 100%. And so as we close off the podcast, Deborah, yes, I want to give you a little bit of time just to, you know, I set up the comments. I talk a lot. I sort of think, but if you could just say anything that's going on in your head right now about what we <laughs> talked about, what would it be? Um, well, I mean, I think the big thing that I really want to circle back around on is you were asking about, uh, what I would want from a leader and, you know, kind of my takeaway is not just do I want that grand, grand mission and also the empowerment, but it's really good for me to kind of take that, uh, and recognize that that's something I appreciate and probably make sure I'm doing that as well. Like hold that standard upon myself. And that might be a great question too, uh, when working with other people, because again, it's not just about where I am, but it's that 360 and kind of figuring out where they are in an attempt to have that commonality, to have that getting to the same place. And if I know where they're coming from or what they're needing, because I think different people, we all learn in different ways. Uh, information impacts us different ways. We find certain things to have more value than other things. So if, if we kind of have that recognition with the people we work with, uh, I think being able to reach our objectives and goals, uh, can be much easier. So I think that's probably where my mind is right now is just really kind of circling around on some of the things we've talked about. And, um, I appreciate the conversation for sure. Well, and I think I, I was going to cut it off, but I want to touch on one thing you said, which I think is so important. Um, and it's something I've come to realize over the last year, uh, really. And, and I've always kind of instinctively knew it, but I didn't put a term to it or understand how to actually look at it. And that is, is every human being looks through life through their own pair of glasses. And those lenses are everything that makes us who we are to that point. And those lenses keep building throughout our lives based on our experiences. And each pair of glasses is different. Every person has their own pair of glasses. So the way that I see things through my pair of glasses that I wear, and I'm not talking literally, I'm talking figuratively is that it's different than Deborah's. Her life experiences gave her a different pair of glasses to see the world through and mine see it differently. So sometimes something that works to inspire me or lead me does not work to inspire Deborah or lead her or, or Deborah's kids or, you know, my stepdaughters or whatever, however you want to look at that or however you want to call them. And, um, but you know, or the people around us, some things, different things motivate and inspire different people and people lead differently. But I think the core basic of all of it and what's hopefully in everyone's lens is just in everyone's glasses. And I think it is, is that innate human spirit of goodness. And I think there are bad people in the world. Don't get me wrong. I just think that there's the ability to be good if you want to be, and it's encouraged. And I think the people that end up bad aren't necessarily born that way. I think it just 
happens. And I could be wrong. I'm not a psychologist, but what I am saying is that we can help people grow different pair of lenses and, and change their less lenses. That doesn't mean that their set of glasses is not good enough. It just means we can lead them or they can lead us to change things and, and be good and be helpful and help the people around them. You know, sometimes, you know, people don't want to lead. I can say it. There are times that I don't want to lead someone. They rub me the wrong way. I have a <laughs> personality conflict for lack of a better term. But the reality is, is that's me. That's my pair of glasses. That's seeing it that way. I'm not seeing through their pair of glasses. And I just think that that's important that we understand and take a moment and put on their pair of glasses and understand their perspective. Right. And I think that's back to where we were talking about clarity and kind of getting to a point so that we have clarity in terms of what's being said, because when we say it, it's coming through our lens and it's meeting them at theirs. Mm-hmm. So trying to get to a point where we both can kind of see what it is we're talking about. And from there we can move forward. Yeah. I agree with that. Thank you, Deborah. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm very lucky to have you as my significant other. Uh I'm lucky to have you too. I'm lucky to have our stepdaughters and I'm lucky to have our families. I appreciate it. And our coworkers. We are blessed. We are blessed for sure. And, you know, with that blessing, I think God has blessed us for sure. And I think we're just trying to give back. And that's part of the reason we do the podcast. But I think it's also, we need to take care of the people that take care of us. And I think that's hugely important in helping them grow and and live the lives that they can live and live up to their potential. So one of the greatest things I heard, and I'm going to end it with this is everywhere around us, we can see and encourage potential no matter whether it's in our businesses or in our families or in random people we see, such as the people we see at Starbucks or Chick-fil-A, we can see and encourage potential. I agree. Not only that, they encouraged it in me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Never so, know when someone's rubbing off on you. Yeah, or when so you're do you rubbing want to close it out today, Deborah? This will be your first time. You close it out. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. And Justin, thanks for hosting another Motivational Monday and inviting me on. It's been a pleasure. And <laughs> until next time.